This week's entree will have you asking for another round. We join Dave, Kevin, and Fred in their conversation about the significance of the tabernacle in our ongoing series about dwelling in the midst of God. Recording on the audio now? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I am yeah, recording. Good, that'll be on there too. Oh, this is good. All right, here we go. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Whole Testament. This is the uh, entree of a series we're calling Dwelling in Your Midst. Um, and it's the, really, it's about the tabernacle, temple, tent of meeting. Um, they're all kind of very similar. So, Whenever I say tabernacle, uh, it could right. also apply to the temple Okay. Um, in this episode anyway. Um, so I've been studying quite a lot, a lot about it because it's not something I've spent a significant amount of time studying in the past, you know, on this journey that I've, I've been brought along on. Um, and I've just been overwhelmed. Like I've been really overwhelmed. And what God has showed me as I've been studying, I, I kind of alluded to this in the appetizer. Um, and and again, if you haven't listened to the appetizer, I would suggest you go back and listen to it. It's really good. Really um, good. Is that like, when we think about the things that God does, mm-hmm. um, like creation, and you look at the creation, it's so detailed and so specific. And like the creativity with which God put that together, puts it together is just amazing. Each, every, our DNA is all different. You know, it's just, there's all the way down to the smallest things that we never even, like in the pot, in the entree. Entree. No, in the appetizer. Oh, um, right. Before In the appetizer, I was like thinking about even, he's like these fish. We watched this episode on, Disney Discover or something, I don't know, and they went way, 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 way down into the ocean where, Mm -hmm. and there are these fish that are like painted bright colors and like they have, they glow and it's like. Like the thing that like dangles the thing in front of it. Yeah, Dory, (laughs) tries to get Dory. Yeah, and Nemo. Um, Yeah, it's like these crazy fish fish that are down there that there's not, it's not there for anybody's enjoyment except his. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He spent the time to create this with such detail. And I was struck by how when I come to my text, when I come to the scriptures, I don't think of it as like, this is the same, this is God's creation that he spent that much detail that that in the deepest recesses of the passages are these amazing things. And as I begin to study the tabernacle, um, I begin to see these things, you know, because really when we read through our Bibles and you get to the end of Exodus, Exodus is cool until, you, you know, it's like yes. coming out of Egypt. The first plagues. time I read through all that, I was uh-huh. like, this is taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy. Yeah, it's hard. You get yeah, to Exodus it 25. Is. It is. That's when the... 
That's when most reading programs die. It's end. Yeah. <laughs> and about the time this is released, everybody that's like, I'm going to read my Bible in a year, yeah, you're yeah, probably yeah. getting to it. Yeah, and, yeah. and so this is to yeah. encourage New you. Years. You know? yeah, become yeah. scholars in Genesis and half of Exodus. Right. So every year. And then, and, and <laughs> every year. even in, yeah. Even in uh, Exodus, it repeats like all the instructions. It tells you all the instructions. God gives it to Moses. Then we have the golden calf, and then it goes over the fact that they actually do what he said. Actually, do what he said. Yeah. And so it's like twice you have to get yeah. through it twice. Um, How convenient. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I've just been overwhelmed by it, um, and. The detail, the specificity. Specificity? (laughs) It's all right. Specificity. I was trying. Is that the right? There we go. Specificity? I think that's how you say it. (laughs) What? Oh, boy. You said it right. Just overwhelmed. Um, And I've got a few books. Do you think think we're we're underwhelmed? (gasps) We're underwhelmed by it because we don't understand the detail and what God's trying to point us to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I think that, that's where most most people get hung up, right? Yeah. And I've read like I've read ex, the end of Exodus like five, six, seven, eight times now. Um, and every time I'm just like it's a it's a new every time you're like coming at it, you're like, Oh, here's this. Oh, you know? Right. So Hopefully, that's that's my plan is that after we go through, we've got a few series, in fact, not just a few episodes, but a few series of episodes on the tabernacle. So my hope is that people will see it differently and cool. read it differently yeah. and see how significant it is. And everything that we'll say in this these podcast episodes will not even scratch the surface. So... Uh, here, just before I get going, I'm not super smart. I just read stuff and remember it. So I don't know if that awesome. makes you smart or not. But no, yeah. So I most of what we have comes from the Bible. I've read a bunch uh, over and over. I've read it, uh, the the parts on the tabernacle. And then also I have three books. So for those of you who are on video with us. We'll put these in the show notes too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put them All in right. the show notes. We'll have links to these down on the description. Who shall ascend the mountain of the Lord by Michael Morales, L. Michael Morales, the temple by Joshua Berman and the book of Leviticus, the new international commentary on the old Testament, Gordon J. Winheim. So this one's going to come in more handy because after the, what we did, what I thought was let's go to Leviticus because people really don't know a lot about Leviticus. Yep. And in starting in Leviticus, it starts with the sacrifices, and I realized that you can't start with the sacrifices if you don't understand the tabernacle. Right. So we had to start at the end of Exodus, and as you'll see, we actually are starting in Genesis tonight to get to Leviticus because you have to understand all that to get there. And so we will be coming. Um, Following the series on the tabernacle will be the we're going to go into the sacrifices, which I'm really excited about because there's a lot of good stuff there's in there. there. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So anyway, um, in Joshua Ber- Berman's book, The Temple, um, he says over one third of the verses of the Torah and over half of the 613 biblical commandments relate directly to the temple and the activities within it. So, you know how they say, God gave us 10, and then the Jews turned it into 613. Right, right, well, right, yeah. Well, all that is is they went through the Torah. Right. 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and wrote down every time God says, do this or don't do this. Yes. And they wrote it down, and it came up with 613. Of those 613, half relate to the events or activities surrounding the, the tabernacle or the oh, temple. Okay, yeah. So that's a lot. And some it's, of those are positive, and some of those are, are negative. Do this, don't do that, yes. or are they all negative? Uh, no, they're bring a... Okay. Yeah. So there's a commandment. It could be positive. Some of them are negative. And I think some of the, maybe the confusion for people is they hear like, oh, well, the 613, they always think negative. Do not do this. Do not, because we have it wired in our brains for the 10 commandments. Yes. I don't know. I just thought I'd ask that question. Um, Yeah. So that's a lot. A third of the scriptures directly relate to it. And over half of the commands. Um, it's pretty significant, and this verse, like, if you just think about it, like, this is, God says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. That's pretty powerful, you know, God. So we always think, like, there's, sin separates us from God, and the holiness of God does not allow him to be in contact with sin, and yet he says, I want to be in the midst. I want to be in your midst, which is just, to me, that's powerful. With that in mind of how significant it is, how much of a large portion of the scriptures right. uh, deal with it, what, like what, just, just in, just in your own minds, what, when you think about the tabernacle, think about the temple, what kind of thoughts, feelings, images come to mind? I think the, well. <clears throat> initially it's like it's the detail of it all like uh there so we were we were joking about the specificity of i said it right yeah, he did. Of the of, of like all of the things like inside of the details of what went into it and <clears throat> so i i think there's absolutely because i think there's absolutely a reason behind it and it makes me think that it it all has something to do with something <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't be in there in as much detail that it is yeah it almost seems like if it wasn't important then why is it so detailed yeah right yeah it's 100%. a sizable chunk oh so what have your thoughts been up to this point like I mean, we've chatted some about this in preparation, but yeah, it. <clears throat> I read a book a while back. Uh, it, a guy basically was equating the the detail put into um, the tabernacle to like what um, we would 
do in modern worship with the intentionality behind the things in the service, the details, the the creative expressions that we might do with art and things like that. And so um, that's kind of where my brain goes to initially. Like, you, like you're looking at all that... All this well, stuff, and I don't know if people know, but just so they know, you are the tech yeah. director, yeah. for so, church. Right. So this is a big part of your day to day process: production, designing, things, producing a service, creative elements, or events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a lot of creative experiences. Yes, I'll use that word. There it's you a, go. It's a better experiences. word. Worship experiences. Worship experiences. I like that. So, yeah. So we're dealing with all the the elements inside of worship experiences a lot and um all of the elements inside the tabernacle there's a lot of like value to them there's like nothing it, it's not cheap like a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. like if you were to put a dollar amount to it like it wouldn't be cheap so obviously there's a real reason if he's saying you know make it this way with this material exactly like this so so the, the So have you creative. used that line of logic to like get more money in your budget? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Well, <laughs> hey, guys, hey, in, if guys, we're going to do this in the guys, tabernacle, not, yes. they, <laughs> we have to we have to spend some cash. God's worth it. <laughs> Jesus is worth it. I am such a cheapskate too. I'm like, how oh, can no. I do this for? Oh, <laughs> that's not true. I'm kidding. It's all right. That's good. That's funny. Though. But, you know what I mean like the there's obviously like the creative way that that it was put together there's obviously a reason behind it mm-hmm. and which then my brain goes to well there's you know what we do in modern there also needs to be a reason behind it and i don't i want to be careful not like drawing a parallel between like like a modern church building and the tabernacle but right. i think there's something valuable in all the details inside of it and we have to understand that um, to understand what we're going to do in worship it's mm. good when I when I first think of tabernacle and then temple I think in terms of tabernacles being very mobile because mm-hmm. you could you had to pack it up. You had to take it. When the cloud moved, they had to pack it up, take it, set it up. They didn't move until the cloud moved. The temple, I think of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem because that's like the, mm. the foundational permanent mm-hmm. dwelling. Like that was a permanent thing. Well, of course, until the Romans, you know, tore it down in 70 AD. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when I hear tabernacle, I think mobile temple, probably more permanent. Which, just a side note, the dessert episode on this will be, my brother and I are going to talk about our time in Israel and the significance of being at okay. the Temple Mount, awesome. the Western Wall. Yep. So it'll be pretty pretty cool. I can't wait to... That's cool. That's just, fun. It'll be probably just like us hit record and reminisce, but hopefully <laughs> yeah. it'll be... Dude, I love that. I mean, just... I, I'll listen. Yeah, it'd be interesting so. to see. He's been twice, I've been twice. We've gone once together, so we both have a separate experience right so to be able to just play off of that and because it is i mean it's when you're standing there there's it's 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 something yeah 
So then probably a close third. So I like when I think of tabernacle, temple, I think mobile, permanent. But it's always, I I mean, my brain is probably not right, but programmatically I think of sacrifice Mm -hmm. because that's Mm -hmm. the place of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So then your brain starts thinking about bulls and doves and all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. that's where I go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably pretty common for most people. Yeah, I, I agree. The appetizer, I talked about um, a photo of someone, a loved one that I have that passed on that's on my refrigerator. Because we forget, we can tend to forget what their face looked like. Yeah. So when you see them, it's this constant reminder. And so it's like, this is what God, I think this is what God is doing with the tabernacle, with the temple. He's saying, here's a constant reminder of who I am, of what I desire, mm-hmm. of what I require. And it's, I want to put this in your midst so that you never forget. So it's been really challenging for me to just see it as a different, it's like, this is a picture of God. Mm -hmm. It's what it is. He's like, here's a picture of me. This is a picture of what I want. And so what we said a little bit earlier was we want to talk about Leviticus, but in order to do that, we got to go to the tabernacle, which starts in Exodus. But really, what I'm finding out as I've been studying all this stuff for all these podcasts, I can't, everything that I need to say all of my theology that I get come out of Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Yep. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, And we read through it, and it was good, and he created this, and it was yeah, good, and, but and the, he created this, it was it's, good. It, I honestly feel like in those three chapters, that is all the theology that we need is like wrapped up in there. It's yep. um, That's probably way overstatement, but oh. it's crazy. And so to... Get started. That's our intro. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it feels really long. No. Uh, that's our intro. Um, so we're going to go through. Um, so what do you think? When you think about the book, uh, okay, let's just start with the Garden of Eden. Just o- overview for us, Kevin. So Genesis one, Genesis two one. and three. Yeah. So in the in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh-huh. And then you have a series of declarations. He speaks things into existence. Then he calls them good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say anything is very good until he creates man. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't call anything holy until he stops and he ceases, mm-hmm. which I think we've talked about that before. Sabbath. Sabbath. So that's significant. Yeah, and you know what else? Yeah. Go, dude. <laughs> go. Go. I love it. He... Nobody, no person yeah. is ever called holy. Ah. Except Elijah by the Shunammite woman who says the, the holy man. Really? So nobody, God never, this, not Abraham, not Moses, nobody's ever called holy. It isn't until God enters into the covenant with the nation that he says, these are holy people. Ah, okay. So the holiness comes through the covenant with God with the that makes them holy, which is the point of the tabernacle. Okay. That's coming down the line some more. All right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, that's fine. We always do bunny trails. That's kind of what we do here. Um, so then uh, man has uh, some parameters, choices, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they fall. 
there and we talked about this there's a, a, so what are the a separation choices? what are the choice what's the what's well the, there's only really one choice uh-huh. just don't eat from this tree of knowledge and good of evil yeah yeah so that was the only choice but they still chose and what's really brilliant and kind of beautiful is god already knew so he makes a sacrifice he puts skin on them so mm-hmm. you have a blood sacrifice Spilling of blood. There's a clothing that takes place, which even that, even before he gets to the declaration, uh, what is that, 315, the proto Engelion. Is that yeah, how you say it? Proto I didn't go to college. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I didn't go to college. You did go to college. I, didn't get a, I don't have a. So even before you, the declaration that everybody thinks is like the first, <laughs> the first of the gospel, the declaration of the gospel, you will. Strike his heel, but he will crush your mm-hmm, head. Mm-hmm. They say, well, that's the first declaration of the gospel. I don't know. I think the first declaration of the gospel was something had to be sacrificed and blood had to be spilt because in Leviticus, it says there is no forgiveness unless there's shedding mm-hmm. of blood. So, and then the fact that the skin covers them, um, that the blood of Christ covers us. So there's all these parallels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what? I guess that's one, but two, But they don't three. get to stay there. Yes, correct. They don't get to stay there. They're sent out. They're sent out. And what is left? Um, what What is left? When they leave, what's put in the, in the place? Oh, there's, uh, well, there's a guard that stands over the, the tree. Cherubim. Cherubim. Yeah. Cherubim that guard the way to the tree of life. Right. Right. And cherubim are different. Yes, and... They're created beings. The only time we ever read about the cherubim is when we're talking about the tabernacle or the temple. What? Yes. Okay. Hold on. Wait a minute. All I'm wait saying minute, is minute, I just learned something very... That's awesome. Yes. Let's go, Dave. Let's go. You said the cherubim are created beings. Or mm-hmm. who, who said the cherubim? I said that. You said the cherubim are created beings. Yeah. They're the ones that look like creatures, right? Cherubim? Yes. They have, Yeah. in the book of Ezekiel, Yeah. the face of a man, yep. the face of an ox, the face of a eagle, eagle, and the face of a. I should know this because I is it a tiger? Literary, no, no, a lion, lion. Judah, yeah, lion, lion of Judah. So, oh, get I, this. No, no, wait. go oh, for do it. You know? No, do you know? What I think say? I don't know. I so there's parallels. When we're all talking over. about the tabernacle. Yeah. In the next series, we're going to talk about the separation or the the tribes that are camped around it. Yes. So on the east you have Judah. On the south you have Reuben. On the west, you have Ephraim. On the north, you have Dan. Uh-huh. The tribe of Judah's banner was the lion. The tribe okay. of Reuben's banner was the man. The tribe of Ephraim's banner was the ox. And the tribe of Dan's banner was the eagle. So the four faces of the cherubim that guard the way Were to the-, the tree of life are the faces that surround the tabernacle. Love it. We'll get into that. Love it. Now, I've heard that paralleled yeah. the four faces to the four Gospels. I think Mike Bickle does a thing on that, which mm, yeah. could, could or could not be a stretch, but it's like, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, know. well, yeah. then the, gar- the Gospels are the way to the tabernacle then. Oh, man. <laughs> Is that what you just said? Did we just say that? I didn't say it. That's what the Bible says. That's what he uses the cherubim for. They guard the way. They guard the way. Right. So, in it's order to get into the Holy of Holies, the curtain has the... Cherubim on it, which guard the way to the tree of life. We're going to do that. 
That's not this episode. I apologize. Wow, you these just all, blew it up, dude. These are all trail. just like teasers because Teaser? we're only I'm, talking about... I'm losing about, my brain here, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> we are only so talking good. about the presence of God desiring to dwell with us. So we we as humanity are removed from the garden right. and the and the way back is guarded by the cherubim. So, Genesis, moving away. So I wanted to show just a, a really cool thing that one of these authors in one of these books that I was reading made me aware of, and I was like, oh, man. Okay. Um, it's just looking in Genesis, especially like the first handful of chapters, at the word east, okay? Yes. At the word east. So if you do a word search of the word east... These are the passages that come up, okay? The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed after he sent. So now we're at Genesis 3.24. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim right. and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Okay? So on the east, which means... If you're looking at the garden, mm -hmm. the gate into the garden is on the western part of the garden because he placed them on the east. Does that make sense? It yeah. gets a little confusing. Okay. So if we were in this room and we called that the east gate, right? Like to, the opposite would be the entrance. To, to enter, you would be going west. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To go in through the east, you're heading west. Okay. okay, so to go away from the presence of God would be to go east. east. Right. East. I'm tracking. Right. Okay, so then Cain kills yes. Abel. Right. Cain went east away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of, of Eden. Eden. So Cain is right. moving right. away. So here's humanity. Like here's God's presence, the garden. Here's God's presence in the Garden of Eden. Yep. Man sins and is removed from the land, from the garden and right. the tree, but they're still in Eden, the land. Right. The land of it's Eden. It's just the garden. But now m man says, am I, am I my brother's keeper? Right. I don't want to offer the sacrifices. You, uh, It's too much. You're asking too much of me. I'm going to move away. away. I'm going east. Got it. Genesis 11, and as a people, and and as people migrated from the east, or, or continued to go even further, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. So we yep. moved further. We're moving further, and this is the Tower of Babel. Right. Right? So Genesis 12, 8. From there, so this is, we're talking 
Oh, I'm going to come back to this one. This is Abraham. I'm going to skip to Genesis 13. So Lot right. chose for himself all the land, all, all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. east. Away. That they separated from each other. Yep. Uh, Genesis 25, 6. This is Abraham talking to his sons that were not Isaac, that he had after Sarah died. He yep. had a new okay. wife. Yeah. But to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave, gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. Mm. So he's like, this is the promised people. You go east. Go away east. Um and then again in, in Ezekiel eight sixteen, and he brought me into the inner court of the house of the Lord. And behold, mm. at the entrance of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about twenty five men, with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, worshiping the sun toward the east. So there's something about east and west. East. So what? Yeah. As I was reading that, I was thinking about like Genesis is the story. What well, the story of Genesis is basically man's with God and man says, nah, I'm going east. Yep. I'm going east. Right. I'm going east. I'm going east. I'm going east. The whole story of Genesis is like we go from the garden to Egypt, which right. is always in the scriptures a bad place. Yes. Like it's always considered negative. In fact, every time you go to Egypt, you go down to Egypt. Right. If you go to Jerusalem, you go up. You always go up. To Jerusalem. Yes. And yep. up and down is not necessarily right. geographical. Because right. there's actually a story, I think it's with Samson. It doesn't mean that it could be the higher place. He goes to Beit Shemesh yeah, from yeah. the same town. One time he goes up and one time he goes down. And I think the reason why he goes there is the wrong. the purpose of his visit is whether you go up or down. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's an interesting little detail. That is. Yeah, I wish I knew the exact. And we learned we learned in our small group about Egypt. The Hebrew word for Egypt is Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim. which it means to be pressed in or to be hedged in. Mm -hmm. So they go down to be hedged in. Mm -hmm. When they come out with Moses, they come into an open, wide open. So that's almost like metaphorical. Yeah. When you, it's all this, it's dude. All, it's so it's good. All the details, anyway, I, right? go ahead. I know that. So was a we're moving. By. So, so in order to get to Leviticus, we got to start. It's interesting. The Torah doesn't start with the laws, like the law we call the Torah, the law. Yeah. It doesn't start with the laws, which we would think right. of like Leviticus. It right. starts in Genesis. Yeah. Well, because the reason why we get the reason we have to go from Genesis to get to Leviticus, because Genesis is man. God's people are moving away from God, moving away from God, right. moving away from God, except for Abraham. And check this out. This is why I skipped this verse. Um, Chapter 12. Yeah. Abraham, it says there, from there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west. Mm -hmm. So the w going west is the good way to go. Right. Bethel means the house of God. Right. So the house of God is is on his left, the way he's heading toward God. So it's on his left. Right. And what's on the east is Ai, which means ruins. Nice. Ruins. So the story of Genesis is man moving east from God's presence to civilization, um, advancement, mm. cities. Tower of Babel. 
Yeah, you got Babel, you got Sodom and Gomorrah. It's crazy. You've got so men are choosing comfort, mm-hmm. social acceptance, false community, mm-hmm. as opposed to the presence of God. And Abraham says, "No, <laughs> what I'm going to do as the we'll call him the." Messiah image here yeah, for prototype. us yeah. is I'm going to camp myself as the as the one who God says I'm going to use you to all through you all nations will be best blessed I'm going to camp myself right between the house of God and the ruins. Mm. That's Genesis. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> this is where I, it's so this good. Is, man. Up until now, they've only seen the audio. Now they're gonna actually yeah. see my animations, my <laughs> the fist pumps. Yeah. That's what I do. So, dude, that is so good. It's insane, and it's just a word search on East. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking about so in our small group, we're right at the point of beginning of Exodus, Joseph. The famine only lasted for so many years, Mm -hmm. but they stayed there. Mm -hmm. That's when they got into trouble. Mm -hmm. So when you said they got comfortable, Mm -hmm. they got they chose Egypt. They chose Egypt. It was convenient. Then they began to grow, and then that's where they had problems. And then it says that there's a pharaoh that rose that knew not uh, Joseph. Yeah. So they got comfortable, Mm -hmm. which I I never put those two things together, and it was like, wow. Yeah, so yeah, so that's just the the next movement is Exodus is, you know, they're moving from being exiles back toward the presence of God, which is right. symbolized by Mount Sinai, which right. we will probably get into Mount Sinai being an, an a picture of Eden. Right. Also, it's like the presence of God. So we're moving from being exiles from civilization from the land of Egypt, which has now become ruins, right? Moving back toward the house of God, toward the presence of God. Um, hmm. But but the end of Exodus, this is where this is just it's just crazy. None of I didn't. People told me all this stuff, so I'm telling you, you can find it in these books if you want to read them. But yeah, cool. it's just crazy. Um, the very end of Exodus, so. We're exiles, then we build the tabernacle. So we've we've gone from the cities, the ruin, civilization, to now back to Bethel, the house of God, back toward the house of God, right. where we built the tabernacle. And then at the very end, the cl- then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So now we find ourselves at a place where the whole, God says, I want to dwell in your midst. Mm-hmm. And he puts his presence right in the middle, surrounded by the tribes, dead center of all of the camps of Israel, mm-hmm. dead center. And the holiest guy on earth mm-hmm. can't go in there. He could go, it's crazy. He could go up into the cloud on Mount Sinai. But he couldn't go into the tabernacle. But he tabernacle. could not go into the tabernacle because it filled. And that's where Exodus ends. Leviticus picks up with, the Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting saying. So here's God. Yes. Leviticus begins with, Moses, 
I'm going to speak to you from, so Moses is still outside, outside, from the tent of meeting. And all of Leviticus is, this is how you are to enter into my presence. Yeah. This, this yeah, is yeah, how yeah. you are to deal with this holiness that is dwelling in your midst. How you become holy through how, what I've set up. By your proximity to my presence, you become holy. Exodus, or Leviticus starts with that. Leviticus ends with, Mm -hmm. these are the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses for the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. So, these are all the commandments. So, we've got, build the tabernacle, we build it, Moses can't enter, God calls to Moses from the tent of meeting, ends with, these are all of God's commands. Notice, it's not, he didn't take all of Leviticus to rehash the Ten Commandments. Right. It's, these are the commandments the Lord commanded Moses for the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. Like when Moses was there, it wasn't just 10. It's the entirety of the book of Leviticus is encapsulated in the commandments of God. And then the very next verse, that's the end of Leviticus, Numbers. Beginning of Numbers. Numbers starts (laughs) with. God spoke to Moses in. In the tent of meeting. I knew this one. I knew where he was going. In. So now Moses is now In. in the tent of meeting. Nice. That's sweet. And then the book of Deuteronomy is we're moving into the promised land, back toward Eden. We're going back toward the place. It's almost like Moses' farewell address. Mm -hmm. I've heard it. Mm -hmm. All of Deuteronomy is. But yeah, you're moving. Because then Joshua starts with we're taking over. Mm -hmm. We're coming in. So the whole of the Torah is (laughs) the movements of man away from God and God bringing them back toward him. This is how you, we are to, we cannot go back to the garden, the original garden. However, in Revelation, that's where it ends, back in the garden, right, right. back in the full presence of God. And there is a temple in the first part of Revelation, but at the very end of Revelation, there is no temple because God is now dwelling in our midst. There was yeah. no temple in Eden. Yeah. The temple is to represent the Eden experience that will allow us to come as close as we can to the proximity of the holiness of God mm-hmm. in our broken human state, right. which will be fin- at the end, right. in the garden at the end, it puts it all back together. There's no longer a temple, and we can just exist in the presence of God. So it's the end and the beginning go yeah. together, and nice. all of the middle— Every part of the middle is about how do we exist in the presence of God? He's put his dwelling among us, and how do we live with that without dying? Mm -hmm. Which leads me to that passage that I read in Ezekiel in the um, appetizer that's God basically says, read to them all of the dimensions of the temple. So Ezekiel and Ezekiel, God's saying, I'm going to, I don't know if this is a shock to you guys, some of you it might be, but God's going to, there will be another temple Mm -hmm. in Jerusalem. And the di- the dimensions are different in the one in Ezekiel than they are in... Yes, correct? they are. Okay. 
Because most people don't know that. That's why yes. I was trying to point so that out. So there is a new temple that will be built. And God says, I will put my glory in that temple. And there will return, the sacrificial system will return. And we can, when we get to sacrifices, mm-hmm. which is several months from now, but we will get there, we'll discuss how is that possible in light of Jesus. How do we have sacrifices again? But God says, I will put my presence in their midst and no longer will Israel desecrate. No longer will their humanity desecrate my holiness because I will change them. I will make them an example so that my name will be made holy. Mm -hmm. And he says, no longer will you be able to just build, come right up next to me unaffected or unchanged. Right. It's almost like when we talked about leprosy was contagious, it's transmittable to be unclean, you mm-hmm. can transmit it. Mm-hmm. It's now like the holiness of God comes out of the temple and makes, it's like the, the reverse. Yeah. Is that is that also the, all the chapters about the temple, is that like 47 where he talks about the stream that comes out of the temple? Yeah. And that's almost like, so like when Jesus says on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, yeah, I'm the living water, the living he's, water. Almost like, he's almost like forecasting what Ezekiel had already said. It's personified in me, but it's also coming because it's a reality from Revelation backward. Does that make sense? Yeah. And Eden had the, gar- the river coming out of and it. And Eden had yeah, the... So yeah, so a, now we're full circle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. This is blowing my mind. Okay, yeah, you need to say some stuff, <laughs> I know. Fred. I told Fred, like, you're going to have to talk more. Quit processing. Where you at? Just it's, say it. It's, where you just, at, Fred? it's just blowing my mind. Like the... Yeah. I, I he had has not, been quiet this well, whole time. Okay. <laughs> just, I knew, I knew we were talking about Eden, but the, the parallels are so much more apparent now that I've made... We're making the East connection. Like all of that stuff makes so much more sense now. Right. Um, yeah. You're blowing my mind. Good. The mo- just I, the, just, I have a lot of reading to do. Yeah. <laughs> just the movements of the first five books. I had not thought of it from... Because I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we get into like the chapters, then we get into the verses, then we get into the words, and we really lose kind of like we're looking at the, the overview. The, the, yeah. yeah, we're looking at the leaves yeah. of the trees, yeah. and it's like there's this huge forest out here that we have to keep that in mind in the back of our mind as we're reading these longer uh, portions of scripture. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was really good. The movements yeah. was neat. And I think that without having that, like, so. I'm going to read this. Um, in Ezekiel, uh, It was they referenced this at church on Sunday, and I was like, I'm going to read that whole passage. Um, this is Ezekiel 36, 16. Uh, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, when the house of Israel lived in their own land, they defiled it by their ways and their deeds. Their ways before me were like the uncleanness of a woman in her menstrual impurity. So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land, for the idols which they had defiled it. 
And as we're reading that, just off of what we just came through with Genesis, it's like, and even in our own lives, the story is the same. It's the same. Mm -hmm. Like God says, I'm here in your midst. And we're like, now I'm good. I'm going to go this way. I, I need more stuff. I need mm-hmm. to be successful. I need, I'm heading towards civilization. We get so far away from God that we, we, we cause our own destruction, our own ruin. Mm-hmm. Our lives are ruined, and then we find ourselves in bondage and exile in Egypt, and he's like, okay. And we're like, oh, I'm sorry. He takes us out, right? Takes us out, moves That's us to Fred him. That's what sounds like. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> Right, and it's <laughs> over and over, and this is the story. Yeah. This is Ezekiel. We just went through the whole Torah. God takes them into the Promised Land. They last for like a generation. Right. It says it's it. It breaks my heart when I read it. After Joshua died, when all of those who were with the leaders with Joshua died, yeah, they went their own way. Right, and it's like one generation. One. Wow. They go their own way, and the story happens over and over. And then there's like kings and David and Solomon. They build a temple, and God puts his presence there again. And it's like two generations, you know, from David. It's Solomon builds it. Solomon's son goes off his rocker. You know, it's like, so here we are. So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land, for the idols which they had defiled it, the land. Mm -hmm. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) God says, I choose a specific place in a specific space. This is my space. I choose this. And we just, we'll talk about that in the dessert podcast about the, the land. It's space and a place. I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed through the countries in accordance with their ways and their deeds. I judged them. But when they came to the nations, this breaks my heart because this is us. This really is us. Like I'm feeling emotion right now. I don't know if you can tell, but it breaks my heart. God's people, those who call themselves by his name. Mm -hmm. When they came to the nations, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name. In that people, in that people said of them, these are the people of the Lord. And yet, they had to go out of his land. Mm-hmm. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they came. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which mm-hmm. you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk 
in my statutes Mm -hmm. and be careful to obey my rules. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. That's Egypt language. That's Mm. the fourth cup in the Passover meal. I will be your God and you will be my people. I will bring you out of bondage out of Egypt. Yes. An eternal yes. Like, final thing. And he puts his temple in there, yep. which is coming up in the next chapters, and he I, puts his holiness in there. That's Exodus 6. Yeah. Nice. So it's like I'm reading this, and this is what this is what has struck me in the tabernacle and the temple. And and we think about these like the majority of people probably when we think about that, it's like, that's old. That's an old stuff. That's like an archaic, ancient way of worship that we no longer like, I'm the temple, Mm -hmm. right? Well, if I'm the temple, then I am a representative of holiness. Dude. The holiness of God. Am I the temple or am I profaning his name? Right. Which is, what sucks. It sucks. Can I say sucks? People might get offended. I don't, I don't know. care. It's okay. It's who I am. But so like John in his gospel, chapter one, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we Tabernacle. Just, and we read right over that, but it takes two seconds to look up the Greek word. I'm sorry, I jumped that, ahead of you. No, you're good. <laughs> no, it's totally good. But so what does that say about the presence of Jesus? Everything you just talked about, the mm-hmm, tabernacle, mm-hmm, all that stuff, mm-hmm, wherever mm-hmm. he walked, mm-hmm. there was the holiness of God. Yeah, and he says, that's why he that's says- That's what John says. Yeah, and in um, Matthew 12, I think he says, something greater than the temple is here because the temple- Yeah. The temple is that representation of the holiness of God. Right. This is- the holiness of God that is desiring to call us out, call us back, call us out from the cities. Yeah. Come back to Bethel, the house of God. Mm. Let's camp. We need to be Abraham. We need to be camping between the ruins and the house of God and be an accurate representation of what he's calling us to. But are we profaning the name? Are we? Has mm. he put his spirit within us to enable us to walk in his statutes and to obey his rules? Mm-hmm. Because that's what brings the holiness. That's what Leviticus is all about. These are my commands. This is how holiness is birthed out. It's not a statement of faith. It's a life walking in obedience to what he's called us to. That is an adequate representation of his holiness. Mm-hmm. He choose to dwell in our midst. If he's choosing, like, there's no temple, there will be in Jerusalem one day, but right now we are the temple, we are the representations of the holiness of God. And I'm just, I'm wrestling with that because I'm not very good at it. Mm. I don't think anybody is. I think if it, we're, I think if we're all yeah. honest, I think we all have to have that moment where we're like, hmm, hmm, and that's, and I mean, but that's where the, the action part comes into play. Like, like what, like, what am I doing that is misrepresenting the holiness of God? Not because it's about me. But because it's misrepresenting, misrepresenting mm-hmm. what God is about. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of the uh, a, the Aaronic blessing, uh, number six, 
the Lord bless you, keep you. So you read through that. But then the very next verse that we never read, it says, mm. so you shall place the name of God, of God on the them. People. Yeah. Yeah. So we carry his name mm. and we take that very um, flighty. We're just... It's pretty flippant. It's flippant. Yeah. yeah. Flippant. That's a good word. That's a good word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In Romans, it says the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Mm. Which I do talk about this in the next yeah. appetizer episode. Okay. I kind of cover this. This is just where God brought us. So I don't know. Maybe I need to hear it more than once. And that's why no, we're, we're good. But, that's good. Um, yeah. So the whole point, the entirety of scripture is God wants to dwell with us, but we keep running away. <laughs> we keep running away. And so he puts his mobile presence, his his mobile spirit. I want to say mobile home. <laughs> his mobile home. That's true. You know, it doesn't say you're not that, wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm not wrong with this. I just have weird thoughts sometimes. Sorry, it, Dave. Go. It doesn't say like that. The, the um, David was like, "I want to build your house," and God's like, "Why?" Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. "I'm good to be mobile." Nice. I want to move with you in your presence. I want yeah. you to. I want you to follow me when I move. So the to end this all out. The question is: Are we following his presence, or are we profaning? Are we putting in the work? To see the truth, do we have the keys to unlock the scriptures? Are we studying enough? Are we investing enough to see the power of what he's trying to call us to? And it's all, everything I, everything that's written in the scriptures, everything that you do, you do, that I do, everything, mm -hmm. the entirety of it is to bring holiness to his name. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything in my life that is not bringing holiness to his name, then it is profaning his name. Mm -hmm. And he has given us, I will put my spirit within you to cause you to walk. So whenever, so this is the hardest part. This is the hardest part for me is whenever I do anything that profanes the name of God, it's not because I'm not capable. Right. Because he has given me the spirit of God that tells me this is profanity. I am pulling a cane and saying, I'm good. I'm going to go over here. I'll go east. So I will pray us out. So Heavenly Father, we just, um, well, I don't know about we. I'm reading this and I'm feeling my heart stirred. I just pray God that you would help me to have a better ear to hear your spirit. I pray that you would open my eyes up to what it is your statutes and your rules are that you are calling me to obey, um, that you would shine a light in the darkness that dwells within me, God, and that you would just bring your spirit in.
deeper and and fuller to remove the ugliness in me, God, so that I can be an adequate representation of your holiness, so that I and everything that I do, whether it's at work, around my friends, around my family, would just be bringing holiness to your name. I pray, God, that your spirit would move even now amongst all of us who are listening, that you would begin to just strengthen your people to be the true people of God who represent you with truth and authenticity and that our lives bring holiness to your name in a way that the nations around us say, look how close their God is to them. So that the people in our lives say, look, look at this. There's something different by the way we live our lives. Make us an army that draws the nations, that draws the people around us into your holiness. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. If you liked what you heard, please tell anyone you think might enjoy listening to look for us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a rating and review. We're also now on YouTube, so smash that like button. You can also find all our episodes on our website at thewholetestament.com. We'll see you next time. You don't have to clap sync every time. Oh, he wants to, though. No, no. It helps me know when to cut it. It's for me, not for the okay, machine. Okay, I can't make you clap your hands. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah, here we go. We gotta get going. <laughs> you're the one that's, you're the one that's doing 17 It's hot in here. <laughs> oh, I gotta take my clothes off, everybody. <laughs> All right, so. Go whisk, young man. I'm gonna uh, spin that record.